happiness, but the pursuit of happiness has become the number one thing that we, that we do. We, in fact, in the Iowa Constitution, it doesn't even say the pursuit of happiness. It says that Iowans have the right to life, liberty, and happiness. Not even the pursuit of. We're right to be happy. So if you're not happy today, you call Governor uh, Culver and tell him Constitution guarantees you happiness, and by golly, you're not. Whole new idea to the Iowa motto, we make you smile. The, uh, you're going to smile one way or the other. The, uh, the, this law that has been overturned was Section 595 of the Iowa Code, which set up marriages. And they only overturned uh, 595.20, and, uh, which was the one dealing with, with uh, gay marriage, of course. And if you take a look at 595, and I've not read the whole thing, but it's all, it's mostly about marriage and about who can marry who. And I urge you to look it up. And I urge you to, to get educated on it, not so that we can be angry or whatever, but so we can talk intelligently with people about it. Because to say to most of our friends, the Bible says this, they'll say, Okay, the Bible says that. Great. I'm, I'm glad that, you know, doesn't apply to me, though. Do, even, even most Christians will say, well, yeah, but the Bible has a lot of things that are cultural. And back in that day, it was this and it was that. We live, I remember reading this 20 years ago. Albert Moeller was writing about living in a postmodern world where, where the Bible did matter. 30 years ago, the Bible mattered. You said to somebody, you said to somebody, the Bible says this, and they, and they went and said, whoa, the Bible says it? Really says that? Now you say, the Bible says this, and just about most of the people that I come in contact, maybe not the people you come in contact with, but I come in contact with a lot more younger people. Mr. Feldman, that's great for you. Appreciate that, that you believe that. I respect you. However, that doesn't, that, that doesn't apply to me. I don't believe that, so it doesn't apply to me. And so to go up and just say, the Bible says, like Ali says right here in 1 Corinthians 6, 9 through 11, that these people aren't going to inherit the kingdom of God, they'll say, what's the kingdom of God? So, so when they say, so, so you've got to be more informed than that if you are going to talk to unbelievers about this. Not only to unbelievers. Um, well, I'm, I, I'm casting I, a wide net. <laughs> right. I'll, I'll have the, um, the statistics on this, but I read a survey this last week. George Barna does these sur- surgeries, surveys. 19% of born-again Christians, only 19% have a biblical worldview. And you're going to say, well, he must have, must have caused a very narrow. I'll read you the very few things that he said identify a, a biblical worldview. I have it in my study. It's incredible. It, and, and it fits right here. We, we modify, as we, as we alluded to earlier, we modify the Bible to fit us. And it's supposed to modify us to fit in, and we've got it, got it backwards. But it, you know, there is 
we need to understand God has not given us a spirit of fear. And there's a lot of fear created out there. But we have to understand realistically, you know, it may mean, <clears throat> it may mean suffering for standing for truth. You know, I, um, you know, I'm sure not volunteering for this, but I can't change what I preach. And if what I preach means I go to jail, well, I don't want to go to jail, and I'm not saying this in any way, but I understand the reality of it. And um, I can't change what I believe, and if it means he goes to jail. <laughs> That's right. That's right. You know, moving to another state, it's, it's going to come everywhere. It is. We were the place most people moved to. The, you know, real quick, just to give you an example, five, five ninety-five point twenty is the gay marriage one. Five ninety-five point one nine says you can't marry your first cousin. Okay, now why is it all right to legislate morality to say you can't marry your first cousin, but it's not all right to say? You know, why is it all right to legislate morality here, but not legislate morality there? Uh, then you're probably okay. The, uh, you know, well, how, how can you say no to polygamy? Seriously, how can we get up in arms about the, the that uh, group down in Texas, the, the Mormon group that was... I mean, how, how in the world is, is marrying three women worse, uh, worse than a guy marrying a guy? I, I'm not seeing it as worse. I mean... Worst part is you get three mothers-in-law. The, uh, you know, the, did I say that out loud? Okay. Yeah. And it's on the internet. Oh, okay. <laughs> can, can I just say what? Let me just throw one thing out here. I, I, was, I was on the phone with the Iowa Family Research Council last night, and there... It may not be a Republican-Democrat thing, but tomorrow it's going to get brought up in the, in the House. Um, I think it's called Rule 60, where they have to, where they're going to force a debate. They're going to try to force a debate. And we need to call our representatives and say, debate it. You don't have to, you don't have to vote for it. Debate it. Have it out there. Have the guts to let the people then make the decision. All right. And, and on the back here, it, say, um, it says, tell them to vote yes for the marriage protection bill. Well, that's what just got overturned. It's, we want now the marriage protection amendment. Or the, 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 and if you just say you know, the marriage amendment, they'll know what you're talking about. The thing is that Arnold is already going to say yes to it. Is gonna, Arnold's <laughs> going to be for it, and so is... Um, McKinley, although this is a house thing. I know a but number of you are from Wayne County, and Wayne County has got uh, Kurt, Kurt, Swain. Kurt Swain, who, number one, is a Democrat um, who would be leaning towards saying no to the debate. But he's also a gentleman who, who does take your calls and, and will listen to... He, He's conscious of the fact that he's from Wayne County and he needs to get reelected. Um, and 
I don't believe a word. Well, yes, he is. But he also knows who pulls the strings on him in, in the state house, because I've been to meetings, as with many of you, and he knows he'll get reelected because we don't ever get anybody to run against him, as in the last election. Well, so, let me give you Kurt's direct phone number at the, at the house, okay? Is this, this will go right to him, and it will go right to his, if you don't get him, you'll get his voicemail, and I happen to know it's set up to his email, so he will know how many phone calls he got on this. I'd like his home phone. I got that, too. All right. Okay. His phone number at the state house is area code 515 and his home phone is 641-208-6330. And (coughs) if... Richard Arnold... Yeah, call, the the best thing that everybody can do is call ten people you know in Wayne County, and and even if you know just leave it to leave it to Wayne or Appanoose or yeah, Wayne or Appanoose Davis. Okay, and yeah, because if, if you call him up and say you're from Lucas County, he's gonna. Or just say. <coughs> Just, just if, especially if you get the if you get the message if you get his answer machine, don't even say who you are. But but, but if you're a <coughs> husbands and wives, call separately. That's two. You know, you call and then you call, because then that's two calls. If you got kids in the house that are uh, 18 or at least have a deep voice, uh, <laughs> all right. Uh, and if they don't have a deep voice, I'm bring it down. <laughs> You know, and the bottom line in all of this, it ought to be driving we as Christians to our knees. And, um, and realizing the, the urgency of the hour, we ought to be praying, Lord, help us to have the courage to stand for truth, the wisdom to be wise as a serpent and as guileless as a dove. Um, help me to bring light to darkness and uh, to rescue the perishing. I mean, it, it's not just an issue of, you know, the issue is not, I hate gays. The issue is the lies of Satan. And the lies of Satan eternally damn. And that's what's worse than anything. But um, these are... These are important days for us to know what we believe, why we believe it, how we're able to work through the obstacles that they believe, like Mark said. Just saying, well, the Bible says that's wrong, you know, that's just not going to cut it with people. And, And we have to have our reasoning so that we can break down the reasonings, expose the lies that they're holding, and um, and show them truth, and that requires homework on our behalf. But 
you know, it begins by us saying, confessing, God, we've been lazy. We've been indifferent. We've been uh, endorsing of the very things that have, have led to this. And, um, and in understanding that, um, it's important that we, that we repent. Judgment must begin at the house of God. And, um, you know, it's easy for us. And generally speaking, the evangelical circles get riled up about something for a few days and then we fall back into our own, our own lifestyle. And they know that. And that's why they'll endure the... You know, I I don't mean to say Kurt Swain that I don't believe a word he says. He he endures. He was at the meeting. We had forty people there, and he endured. Mm, yeah. Oh, I feel for you. Mm. But I know he's a little fish in a big pond, and and Gronstall's calling the shots there, and that's where he's getting his money to get reelected. Whether anybody. But at the same time, God is still in control. And uh, we can't lose sight of that, that God has allowed this. And maybe, you know, God has planned this. This is the judgment of God coming on, why Iowa? We thought California. And, and let me add one other thing while we're here. I thought Chet Culver was the judgment. <laughs> Well, there's been a lot of judgments that are coming. <laughs> to say the majority of the people are opposed to this, that's not the reason we're opposed to it. We don't believe in mob rule. The reason we're opposed to it is because God's opposed to it. And, um, you know, they're, they're going against the majority. Well, if that's what we're going to stand on, they'll just wait till they have the majority which they had in the Supreme Court. We do, how I, I'm, I don't completely... We do, however, live in a democracy, and we have been blessed to be given a democracy. I'm, I'm shocked at that, Mark. That we live in a democracy? Yeah. Is that, um, okay. It's a republic. All right. All right. We, no, really, my, my, I, point, my point is, it's still, it's still our job to convince the people around us of why they should why they should vote this oh, way I, and, and why the legislature should allow it to come to an amendment referendum on the ballot i i agree we need to be the light but this isn't a democracy if you want mob rule you're going to have it, and, and we are. We're moving. We are a democ. We're becoming a democracy. We've been told that for 30 years, and we believe it. And our founding fathers said, no, it's a representative form government. It's a republic. And mob rule always leads to anarchy. And that's where we are. But I agree totally. We need to be influencing others. We need to be doing that because it's the right thing to do. But this isn't right or wrong because the majority are opposed to it. That isn't what identifies right and wrong. Marvin. Do we get to vote on those judgments or is it 
They are appointed, but every 10 years, every 10 years or so, they are on the ballot up in the, well, now they've changed it to all, but it's like on the corner and it says, should these judges be re- retained? And um, so you vote whether to retain them or not. And over the years, there's only been a handful of judges. And this like goes all the way down to the district judges who have not been retained. I always vote to boot them all off because I figure if enough of them leave, they'll eventually ask me. But uh, they never have. Go figure. But you now that's the only way. It's it's a periodic. Should these people be retained? I can name one member of the Supreme Court of the Iowa Supreme Court. Yep. It's just because I had dinner with him once. I mean, honestly, most of us can't name a single judge. Delbert probably can. But, but most of us can't. So, from here, we go to um, the, war, the warfare that we're in. And, you know, every one of us are going to answer to God for our responsibility in the times that we live. And I think... And speaking of times... What's that? That means it's time to start the lesson. Okay. Okay. (laughs) And, you know, all throughout history, um, there's been a battle for truth. Now you can start the tape. (laughs) (laughs) And, um, you know, there's always been the aspect of a certain amount of truth and then a certain amount of altering. and, And Satan is wise enough to know that you don't just come out and blatantly throw out all truth. And in, as we saw last week, in the Reformation period, there were some great strides taken in, in leaving heresy and moving toward truth, but the seeds of heresy were left there. And um, two important aspects that were vital in this were the the union of church and state. And what really fed that was um, infant baptism. Now, you have something here. Well, I just got this, what we were going to be talking about today before the Supreme Court came along. Uh, things uh, happening, starting out, pastors are going to talk about what was going on in Switzerland, Switzerland with uh, Zwingli and Calvin. And then uh, up in England with um, Henry VIII, and then a number of things going on in Holland. So that's that's where we're at um, at this time. Uh, go to the next slide for me, please. Okay, the, just to give you an idea of some of the other things going on at this time in history. Just to, this was the time of Columbus of Michelangelo, of Gutenberg, of da Vinci, of Chaucer, of Ferdinand and Isabella, Ferdinand Magellan circling the world, Sir Francis Drake, a lot of exploration <laughs> going on. Machiavelli was writing at this time as well as William Shakespeare. 
So a lot of times we have this tendency to, to, to be looking at this and, and forgetting what's going on in the rest of the world. This is what's happening. These are the people who are the movers and the shakers of, of the day in, in Europe mostly. Now, obviously, there were things going on in China and places like that, but, but the, this, is, this is the time frame of what we're talking about. There were some big names. Big names, I mean, that have had influence. Absolutely. I mean, they, we could prob- probably, everybody in here could probably name the achievements of almost everybody up there you know, and how they've influenced influenced the world uh, one way or another. And you know, Shakespeare is still taught in schools around the world. Any English-speaking, and we have all know the works of Da Vinci and, and uh, Michelangelo, Magellan, and, and, uh, and Drake. Probably Machiavelli is probably the one that most of us don't know a whole lot about. Machiavelli, of course, wrote The Prince. And, uh, okay, so most of you do know, I saw about five miles ago, the prince, as I said at the same time. But, uh, but uh, Machiavelli, of course, pretty much came up with the philosophy of the, the uh, ends justify the means. If, if you get this done, it doesn't matter how you got there. Uh, and a pretty... And look where that yeah, has yeah. brought us today. Uh-huh. Right. And so this was... Uh, and this doesn't even touch on any of the religious uh, leaders of the day, but uh, but there you go. Okay, so now we're to Zwingli, right? I think I got a picture of Zwingli. In Switzerland, um, in the city of Zurich, a plague hit the city in this, which... This was his senior picture. Okay. okay. Yeah. <laughs> in which 30% of the population died. I mean... Just that alone. You know, we, we think hard times are coming, or we think we're experiencing hard times. But this whole aspect that Mark mentioned earlier about happiness, in most all of history, it was a matter of surviving, whether I'm happy or not. It's a matter of getting my next meal and, and living and I've got to bury my uncle today, and I've got to bury my aunt. And think of if 30% of Sheraton died. You know, 1,500 people. And um, in the city, Zwingli lived, and, and this plague really, he was a priest at that time, and it really drove him to, to the Scriptures. And in reading the Scriptures, <clears throat> he came to see that, Salvation is by faith in Jesus Christ alone. Imagine a time when, when you woke, woke up to the morning to somebody coming through the streets with a, with a cart shouting at the top of their lungs, bring out your dead. Because there would be so many people who died every night that they just carted them away and, and had mass graves. Um, this, this was the time that he's living in and the events around him that were going on. And Zwingli really had a lot of influence in Zurich. And um, because of the union of the church and the state, Zwingli brought his findings to the city council. And uh, they began a process that 
remove them, the city of Zurich, from the authority of the Roman Catholic institution. And they became Protestants. They protested um, the, the Roman Catholic Church and, and removed the city of Zurich from its jurisdiction. And Zwingli started a study group. He had in his study group um, 10 to 15 men that he met with and they, they studied the scriptures. And, and some of these men really became leaders in, in the biblical movement that, that came out of Switzerland. But among them were, were men like um, Conrad Grubel and Balthazar Hubmeyer and Felix Mons. And in their study, they came to see that not only is salvation by faith alone in Jesus Christ, infant baptism isn't a means of grace. And infant baptism isn't taught in the Scriptures. And they confronted Zwingli about it, and, and Zwingli said, you know, it isn't taught in there. And he said, you know what? I can't say that it is biblical. And so he went to the city council about this, and, and they said, now, wait a minute. And Zwingli backpedaled on it, and he went from saying, no, it's not there, to the same position that Luther said, that, well, I don't see that it's forbidden. And Felix Mont said, he clearly spelled out to them, it says you must believe, and be baptized. An infant cannot believe. And, and yet Zwingli um, took the same position as Martin Luther and said, well, it's not forbidden, so I'm going to stay. But in doing so, he, he kept united the church and the state because when they baptized infants, they were baptized into the church and they were made citizens of the, of the country. And so, this wasn't just a minor thing. This was a major thing. And, and um, most of these ten men that he was studying with said, yeah, we cannot continue with this. And, and they, stake their, they stake their claims with the truth. Um, Zwingli backed down, as we said, and um, he never took a stand for believers' baptism. Um, in fact, he ended up um, persecuting um, many of these men and being instrumental in their death, Zwingli. And Zwingli first came to faith in 1516, one year before Martin Luther. But in 1527, he gave this, uh, Zwingli gave this edict. He said, in order that the dangerous, wicked, turbulent, and seditious sect of the Baptist, and that was one of the first times that that term was used, Anabaptist was often used, but he just called them Baptist, may be, in order that they may be eradicated, we have thus decreed, if anyone is suspicious of rebaptism, he is to be warned by the magistrate, to leave the territory under penalty of the designated punishment. Foreign Baptists are to be driven out. If they return, they shall be drowned. This was Zwingli, who was a reformer, who came to faith, but because he couldn't embrace and couldn't see 
a church existing apart from the state, thinking that how, how will a church exist unless it has the state funding? You know what? We're wrestling with the same thing. If the state takes away our tax-deductible status and we can say, well, that's in the Constitution. It is in the Constitution. But there's a lot of things in the Constitution that we're not going by. Are we dependent on the tax-deductible status? No. But they couldn't see that God said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. And so because he kept that union, it made him say, we have to get rid of these that um, hold something different. And um, you will find throughout the Reformation, there, there was a lot of good done, but their attitude was, we must punish these that are coming against this. And we've mentioned it before, we'll mention it again. Nowhere in history do you find, you will find, as we've said over and over, millions of Bible-believing, as we identified them as Baptists, killed. You don't find an instance where they were instrumental in killing others that did not believe like them. And that is a foundational truth that, that we need to embrace. And Zwingli was, was very instrumental in in bringing um, on judgment on, on others that, that didn't agree. It's interesting, Zwingli's death then, um, he ended up dying when his group was fighting in rebellion against the Roman Catholic Church. He was a chaplain in the army, and... Um, he, he was fighting there, and he died in battle, being persecuted by the Roman government, or the Roman Catholic Church, but he didn't have a problem. You know, it's all right if I bully somebody, but it's not all right if somebody bullies me. I need to be set free from that. And that's one of the dangers when, when you start saying, well, I'm not sure the Bible says this, and... When you start modifying the Bible, as, as we're seeing today. But among some of the followers, uh, one of them um, was Balthazar Hubmeyer. And um, I don't know what, I, I always kind of like Balthazar Hubmeyer. I don't know if I just liked his name or whatever. You should have named one of your kids that. I thought about it. Yeah. But it got overruled, all right? <laughs> Been there, done that. <laughs> but Balthazar Hubmeyer um, really became a strong, faithful witness of of the things of God, and um, he he came to um, to Switzerland and uh, was under the influence of of um, of Zwingli. But as we said, he he came to a different point of view, he was then run out of Switzerland and was sent to Austria. And under severe persecution and torment, Balthazar Hubmeier came to a point where he renounced his opposition to infant baptism. And they released him. 
shortly after he was released, he, um, he couldn't stand to, to live with himself of, of what he did. And uh, he, he called a meeting, and Zwingli was at the meeting, and um, he said, I, under intense persecution, uh, wearied and weakened and renounced my opposition to infant baptism. And he then said, I, I have to go back on that. And um, the crowd there just went into an uproar and Zwingli was there. And, and he shouted over the crowd, take him back to prison. And they took him back to prison. And um, Balthazar Hubmeyer wrote this. Let me just quickly read this. He said, in prison, O immortal God, this is my, my faith. I confess it with my heart and mouth and have testified it publicly before the church in baptism. I faithfully pray thee, graciously, keep me in it until my end. And should I be forced from it out of mortal fear or timidity, by tyranny, torture, sword, fire, or water, I now appeal to thee, O my compassionate Father, raise me up again by the grace of thy Spirit, and suffer me not to depart from this faith. I pray this from the bottom of my heart, through Jesus Christ, the most beloved Son, our Lord and Savior, in thee do I put my trust, never let me be ashamed. When I was in, <clears throat> he was in Vienna, Austria. He was kept in a castle there and, um, and then was later taken out into the city, publicly strangled. They then burned his body and threw the ashes in the Danube River. His wife was taken, a millstone was hung about her neck and thrown in the Danube River. And... Um, when I was in Vienna, Austria, um, we visited a castle, and the missionary I was with said, this is a castle that Balthazar Hubmeyer was kept in. It was unnerving to walk down to their torture rooms and see the racks, the, the actual things that they put them on and stretched them out, and to see their instruments of torture. And we were getting a tour of this, and, and the missionary then asked, and said, um, do you know the name Balthazar Hubmeyer? And the tour guide understood the name and, and kind of wanted to paint over it and said, yes, I'm familiar with that. And, and the missionary said, is this not the place where he was kept before he was um, martyred? And they said, yes, they really believe and just kind of went on. But... It's understanding for the cause of truth in things that we might think are little, but there's never a little thing of truth. Truth is worth dying for. And um, Felix Mons, one of those that, that stood, he was um, burned at the stake. Um, Conrad Grubel, I believe it was, was drowned in the Rhine River, I believe it was, and um, for the sake of truth. And, and yes, some good was done by the Reformers, but 
It was good in the sense they identified some air, but they didn't want to make a clean break. We need to close. Do you have any comments? Just that it's important to re- remember that these people who did this, they, they, weren't, they weren't characters in a play. They weren't characters on a TV show. They were real people and who went through the incredible, incredible events in their lives and, and made it possible to carry on the, the true Bible-believing churches that, that we're blessed to be able to attend today. And I sure can't, you know, I sure can't fault people for backing off their convictions in the midst of severe torture. You know, I've never been there. I don't know. But I do give Balthazar Hubmeyer credit that he came back and said, let's go back to it if I have to. I mean, there are, God has used some common people and God has done some uncommon things through them and, we, and to God be the glory and, and when one group starts to do something it becomes easier for another group to do it both good or bad but especially bad I mean Hitler doesn't come to power if Mussolini and Franco aren't already there exactly. um, and, and you don't have this would never happened in <laughs> Iowa if it weren't for Hawaii and, and uh, Massachusetts Know, and these things all build on each other, good and bad. Well, let's pray. <clears throat> Lord, we do thank you that truth prevails and that truth is you. And that when everything is said and done, you and you alone will be standing. And Lord, I pray that we would know your grace and your power to properly stand in truth and to stand in that which is right with the right attitude and the right spirit and that we would be the lights that you want us to be. Lord, we rejoice in the grace of you that has appeared to us and may we be instruments to help bring that grace to others for we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen.